both of those things God had proclaimed as evil, but Baal embraced it. God said it's evil, but Baal said, I'm going to do what I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it, and God just basically get out of my face. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in, and I trust that the Lord's just going to bless you all over the place as we worship together here around God's Word for the next 29 and a half minutes or so. We introduced a teaching to you last week titled, The Spirit of Elijah, and we're going to look at another very interesting Bible character, an Old Testament character, as part of, as the first part of this teaching and that would be Jezebel. I don't know how much you know about Jezebel, but we're going to take a look at her uh, during this particular segment of the teaching and a spirit that goes along with Jezebel. So as a part of the teaching on the spirit of Elijah, I'm going to be taking a look at the spirit of Jezebel. This is introduced to us over in the book of Revelation, and it's part of the teaching I'm going to share with you here in just a few moments. And I'd like to open with that scripture. Now, let me be clear. The text passage for this particular teaching is found in 1 Kings, but I'm going to go to Revelation. It's an additional verse that uh, we'll be looking at. I want to read that now. We're going to jump right on into it. We'll get to it a little bit later on in the program. So here we go. Revelation, if you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to look along with me. Uh, chapter, oh, chapter 2 and verse number 20. And the record puts it this way. Again, Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 20. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess by her teaching. Note this, by her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. Again, Revelation chapter 2, verse 20. Let me pray for you, and we're going to jump right on into this. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on this telecast by whatever means, and I pray that by your word you would speak to their hearts. Encourage each one. Challenge us to be about your business, and we'll thank you. We'll praise you for all that you do. In Christ's name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on, keep your Bibles handy as, uh, as we teach. I trust the Lord's just going to bless you in a very meaningful way over the next several moments. God bless. He chose to marry. Are you with me? Wasn't a big deal that he got married. The big deal was who he chose to marry. Listen to this preacher. Beloved, it is possible to develop feelings for and ultimately marry the wrong person. You're listening to me. It's possible to develop feelings for and ultimately marry the wrong person. 
this directly contributed to Ahab's downward spiral. Now watch, I'm not blaming Ahab's actions on Jezebel necessarily, but I will say this to you. His innate flickerings, if you please, were fanned into full flame by Jezebel. Either one of these characters was a piece of work, but these two together would make Bonnie and Clyde look like Abbott and Costello. Huh? Jezebel was a mean woman. She was a mean woman. She was a personification of pure evil. Jezebel was a daughter of a king. A king that happened to be a priest. You might think, well, that's pretty cool. She grew up in a, a pastor's house. No. He was a king and he was a priest of Baal. B-A-A-L. It's hard to say that correctly if you're from Satspahal. But he was a priest of Baal. And I'm gonna to talk to you more about Baal in the lessons to come, but stick with me. One commentator has said this about Jezebel. Quote, she was a masculine woman with strong intellectual powers and a fierce passion for evil. She was strong-willed and possessed a dominant personality, but she had no moral sense, end quote. Every man's dream. But listen to this, beloved, in particular, if you have youngins at home. She... One of the reasons why she acted the way she acted is because she was raised that way. She was raised that way. Grew up in the household of the priest of one of the most hellish cults that has ever been manifest on earth. Look at the latter part of verse 31, 1 Kings 16. Not only was he evil, he married Jezebel, and then we're told that he began to serve Baal and worship him. Ahab began to serve Baal and worship him. This was the king over God's people. But he married Jezebel, daughter of the priest of Baal, and he started worshiping Baal. Somebody tell me what two plus two equals. Are you beginning to put this together? The priest of Baal raised this daughter, Jezebel, and she worshiped this, this foreign god. Ahab married her, and he began to serve Baal and worship him. Two plus two equals Baal worship. Are you with me? You following what I'm trying to get you to see here? Now listen, Ahab's choice of Jezebel would end up being the worst, one of the worst decisions, if not the worst decision, ever to be made by any king. Fill in number six with me. 
And I want you to listen carefully. Again, here's a teaching point uh, specifically for you younger people here this morning because we don't hear this talked about at all today. And it breaks my heart. But listen, God expressly told his people, stay away from foreign marriages. You Israelites, don't you hook up with these people from these other countries and cultures and these people who worship these other gods. Stay away from foreign marriages. Why did God say something like that? Was God some kind of racist? Are you kidding me? If it weren't for God, there wouldn't be any races. I'll tell you why God told them to stay away from those foreign marriages. This example of Ahab and Jezebel is the classic reason why. By the way, can I say this parenthetically? This still applies. This stay away from foreign marriages. It still applies under the new covenant. Pastor Terry, what you've lost your mind. Listen to me, beloved. Foreign equals the unsaved. And in the New Testament, we're warned about this. You believers, don't you hook up with unbelievers. Why? I just spent 20 minutes telling you why. It's not gonna turn out too good. Now, don't shout me down out there. Thought maybe some of you shout this morning, give me a chance to catch my breath. Calm down. God actually speaks to us about Jezebel's character over in Revelation. It's very interesting. She's introduced over under the old covenant and kings and, and in the book of Revelation, last book of God's word to us. He speaks of Jezebel. Now watch this. This is very, very key in this series. Jezebel is very key in understanding what I'm ultimately attempting to say to you. Let me help you here. In Revelation, God is not speaking specifically about Jezebel, the physical person. You with me? What do I mean by that? Rather... He is addressing the characteristics associated with her behavior. Now, a lot of people have difficulty separating the two nowadays, but this is very, very important. Let's say that what they're talking about in Revelation is not just Jezebel the person, but he's talking about a Jezebel spirit. A Jezebel spirit. The condemnation isn't so much personal as it is universal. Listen to Revelation chapter 2 around verse 18. Uh, from verse 18 to 19, it's, it, it's addressed to, if you read this, it's addressed to the angel or the messenger of the church in Thyatira. It's an interesting uh, segment or section of the, the scripture. Now listen, beloved, there was a literal church fellowship in Thyatira back in back in the day. But here in Revelation, Thyatira actually represents a period of time and a corresponding spirit, more so than that one fellowship that was back there in that ancient city we know as Thyatira. Fill in number seven with me. Thyatira itself became very prosperous. It 
Somebody say prosperous. Watch this. You know I've been talking today about blessings. We usually equate blessings to prosperity. Isn't that true? Yeah. So here's the hour of tire. In fact, if you go back and read the, the previous verses, you'll understand they were doing pretty good. And God was blessing. Goes back to that cycle I had talked about earlier. They became very prosperous under this Roman emperor that we know as Vespasian. You probably read all of his books. <clears throat> this time, Thyatira actually represents a period during what we would know as the Dark Ages. The Dark Ages. The description here in Revelation helps us to know and understand, uh, for the most part, why it was a spiritually dark dispensation. Now, I trust I haven't confused you with that, but I've set this up. I want you to go with me to Revelation 2 and verse 20. It says this, nevertheless, you guys are doing real good. You're blessed. You're prosperous. But nevertheless, I have this against you. Hmm. Are you listening to me, America? I have this against you. You tolerate. Somebody say tolerate. Everybody say tolerate. You tolerate that woman, actually that spirit of Jezebel. Watch this. Who calls herself a prophetess. How many of you know that Jezebel was religious? She was religious. Her daddy was a priest in this religion. She had prophets of her own that she had surrounded herself with. She was religious. They, God's indicting this particular church age by saying, you tolerate that spirit who calls herself a prophetess. Look at this. By her teaching. Here's what it was they were tolerating. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality. In case you don't know what sexual immorality is, I can explain it to you real quick like. That's two people that aren't married engaging sexual relations one with another. It, the Bible word is fornication. Fornication. The word pornography derives from that word. Ain't that something? You say, well, that don't involve me, preacher. I'm married. And the one that I'm having some kind of a, an extracurricular affair with, they're married too, so I'm all right. The Bible calls that adultery. Sister brought a word from God this morning, had no idea I was going to talk about this, about Jose and Gomer. Go back and read that and understand adultery and how God sees this and the atrocity of it. Well, you understand what's going on? These folks were tolerating that spirit of Jezebel, called herself a prophetess, but by her teaching, she was misleading servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. Both of those things God had proclaimed as evil, but Baal embraced it. God said it's evil. But Baal said, I'm going to do what I want to do, 
how I want to do it, when I want to do it. And God just basically get out of my face. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? Now, very abruptly, I'm going to just kind of bring this message to a close. And I'm going to pick up on more of what I'm talking to you right now about next week, the Lord willing. In particular, the whole deal about Baal and Baal worship and Jezebel's involvement with that. Let me say this as I try to land this sucker this morning. Every one of us, if you're, whether you're eyeball to eyeball with me or listening by way of live stream, Every one of us has been entrusted with this thing that we know as influence. Somebody say influence. Here's a way I've defined it. Influence. It's the impact that your attitudes and your actions brings to bear on those within your sphere or your web of contacts. Now, without excessive elaboration this morning, let me just go on record like this, and this is the last thing on your study notes, and, and you can put your pencil and paper up and put your shoes on. Your individual attitudes and your individual actions serve one of two purposes. You either impact other persons positively or negatively in the spiritual realm. You mean there's not a third or fourth? Nope, two. You either affect them positively or negatively in the spiritual realm. Whether we're talking about your immediate family, your spouse, your children, your extended family, your neighbors, your work associates, or the, the, the person that checks you out at Wally World. You affect them one of two ways, either positively or negatively in the spiritual realm. Now, I believe this, and I challenge you with this. I believe that we have individual, that we uh, individually, we are free. With this, what I'm trying to say is we have this free will. It's individual free will to determine which vibe we are going to put forth. Now watch, teaching point. As born again, spirit-filled followers of Jesus, you claim you've been born again, spirit-filled, and you're going to live with God for all eternity in heaven at some point in time. The word is crystal clear about the attitudes and the actions that we are to put forth. Crystal clear. Watch this. A big dummy can read this and figure it out. It's crystal clear. Follow me. John chapter 8 and verse 12, we read when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the challenge is crystal clear that, that Jesus is putting forth that we are to imitate him. We are to walk in the light as he is the light. Make sense? Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, and we have this recorded in Philippians chapter 4. 
The New Living Translation puts it this way. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, says Paul. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. You do what you see me doing. Boy, he was a a, a narcissistic kind of feller, wasn't he? Y'all do what I do. He clarified this over in the first letter to the Corinthians. Look at chapter 11 and verse 1. He said it again. Follow my example. Somebody tell me, is that the end of that verse? There's a, as Gomer Pyle say, there's a comma, comma right there. There's a comma right there. That means there's some more. What did Paul say? You follow my example as I follow Christ. Watch this. If you haven't put two and two together yet, he says, you follow my example as I follow Christ. What he is saying is, I'm following Christ so you can follow my example, and by doing so, you are following Christ. Crystal clear. Anybody didn't get that, stay after the service, and I'll go over it with you one more time. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I love to put this passage before you as often as I can. And I really felt like the Lord wanted it plugged in right here. It's Galatians chapter 5. And it gives to us the fruit of the Spirit. When Holy Spirit comes in and begins to grow, fruit begins to bear. Isn't that cool? You have little fruits growing in you. And it'll come out. And uh, verse 22 tells us, the, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. He goes on in verse 23 and says, gentleness and self-control. Wow. The influence of Jezebel certainly did not reflect these righteous qualities. Quite the opposite. And I told you that to tell you this. I believe that the majority of persons in our country today are showing forth more of the spirit of Jezebel than they are the fruit of the spirit. I believe that. Now listen, beloved. When a nation goes that way, it's the same as when an individual goes that way. When an individual goes toward disobedience, there's consequences. When a nation goes toward a disobedience, they are in trouble with God. I could preach right there, but I'll just I'll hold on to that. I'm going to introduce to you in part two of this series a prophet that was sent from God. This is not just somebody that said they were a prophet, yet that they went online and got a prophet certificate from the United States School of Prophets Incorporated, LLC. But this really was God's spokesperson, and his name is Elijah. In fact, seems like it would be a good sermon title, The Spirit of Elijah. And that's exactly what we're sharing with you this morning. Elijah embraced an opposite spirit 
from Jezebel. Now, watch. Here's a bottom line this morning. In order for you, whoever you are, in order for you to survive and to thrive in today's Jezebel culture, you are going to have to embrace uh, an Elijah spirit as well. Are you with me? Now, that's outline. I got a lot to fill in, a lot to unpack with you in the coming days, but I trust that you're getting enough of this uh, to whet your appetite and to realize that God is trying to say something to us. Our country's in trouble. There's more of them than there is us. What are we going to do about that? How are we going to live? What should we look like? What should a follower of Christ look like and react to all that in 2021? I'm going to hopefully help you understand that. Folks, we're going to wrap it up right there. And I want to do so by asking you this. Is it true that there are more people in the United States of America today, even around the world today, that are showing forth more of a spirit of Jezebel than they are the fruit of the Spirit. Showing forth more a spirit of the world and reflects the world than they are that deeper inner working of Holy Spirit. How is, how is it with you? How, where is your influence? Are you living more, walking out more like uh, those who are outside the church than those that are following Christ? Well, I want to be an encouragement to you if that be the case uh, to really, for a lack of a better way of saying it, get with a program. Discover what God has outlined for you in His Word, the Bible, and apply yourself to that. You know, this country is in, a, in foul shape right now. If you look at the uh, division in our country, uh, the family pitted one against the other, all the things that are mentioned in the Bible. And we're going to need a solid, courageous spirit to come against that. And when I say we, I'm talking about the members of the forever family of God. I trust that would include you. I trust that you have been born again, filled with the Spirit, and you're seeking after, searching after the things of God for your own life. That is my prayer for you. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on the telecast by whatever means. And Lord, I pray specifically for that one that uh, may be reaching for the remote, getting ready to click us off, and yet your spirit is dealing with their spirit about their behavior, their lifestyle, and they really need to hear from you and really need to uh, begin to live out their life in a way that's pleasing to you. Speak to those hearts. Put courage into them, I pray. In the matchless name of Jesus, help them to know and understand that there is a Savior that has been given, one to cut, not only cover, but to obliterate their sins. I pray and ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Beloved, before I go off tonight, I know there are a lot of people that listen to this telecast uh, who may know me. You may see me in and around the community from time to time. You watch the telecast, but you're not really connected with a church. It's very important that you not only connect with a TV preacher, but that you are connected with the church, the body of Christ. Now, I know these are crazy times in terms of connections with larger groups and gatherings and so on and so forth, but God still has His remnant 
uh, the church, the body of Christ, and I trust that you are a part of that. If you have some questions about things that we've dealt with here on the telecast, you'd like more information, or perhaps some of the things that I just said, there's some contact information there on the screen. I'd love to hear from you. We'd be glad to try to attempt to answer any questions that you might have. Well, my time is completely gone. I'm going to have to get out of here. Thank you so much for being a part of New Life Telecast. Trust you're going to have a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?